Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. So signs and wonders. And signs and wonders is basically anything God does to make you wonder. It's like where you're like, that's not normal. That's beyond normal. That's supernatural. That's unexplainable. That's miraculous. That's, that slapped me upside my face. And now I've got to really think about Darwin. <laughs> Was that dude on crack or what? Because, I mean, I've just been met by God and now I have a whole other understanding about things. And I remember one time... I was in Washington, D.C., and I was right outside the voting floor, and senators are going in and out, and uh, this guy walks up to us. He's like, hey, you know, how are you doing? He was an Oklahoma senator, and I don't remember his name. He did have a name tag, but he was a senator from Oklahoma, had cowboy boots on and everything, just a real Oklahoma, and that's why I talked to him. I was like, man, I, I used to live in Oklahoma. I went to Oral Roberts University. He's like, oh, yeah. My wife and I, we're, we're from Oklahoma City area. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, we're, we're, we're here to preach the gospel and to see this nation shaken by the hand of God. And, and we're a part of this movement, Celebrate America with Dr. Rodney. And he says, man, thank God for you guys. We need more spirit-filled people uh, coming to the nation's capital to make a difference. And he says, let me tell you a testimony. So now it's like gone to testimony service right outside the voting floor of Senate of the Senate just because I said, you know, I'm here as a preacher. And he says, my wife and I, many years ago, we couldn't have kids. Uh, my wife was uh, been to all the, we'd been to specialists and doctors and stuff, and we were not able to have kids. And uh, we were very sad about it, looking at adoption, because my wife always wanted children. And so we went to our church uh, one time. In actual fact, I think he said it wasn't his church. He said we went to another church one Sunday, a uh, spirit-filled church. And he said, a little five-year-old boy walked up to my wife and put his hand on her belly and prophesied and said, you're going to be pregnant this year, and the Lord is going to give you many children. Five-year-old kid did it. And his wife was just like, he was like, he was like my wife was like crying, and I was like weirded out. Like, <laughs> how does a little kid know this? And it's like the Bible says, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, he's ordained praise. God can speak through anybody. Sometimes he has to speak through a child because we're too blockheaded to hear it. So it just takes a little kid to shoot the truth out, and then you're like, mm, man, that is the Lord. Okay, thanks a lot, Ellie. Rebuke received. And uh, he said, but we went home, and he said, within a month, my wife was pregnant. And he said, now we have five children all born naturally. And he says, I used to think that People that talked about miracles were crazy, but he says it's absolutely real. And that's what led me to become a senator to stand here in Washington, D.C. and fight the good fight. Somebody shout amen. God has people. God has people all across this nation in all parts and all places that he has definitely affected their life through supernatural means. Who in here can raise your hand truthfully and say you have experienced things of God that are beyond the natural realm, that are supernatural. Raise your hands. Look at this. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. It's like supernatural healing. Miracles unexplainable. That's the God that we serve. Never forget that. Never forget that no, no matter how dire it is, that God is still on your side, and it's just going to be a bigger, juicier story to tell about how God did a miracle in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. And look at America right now. It's just going to be a great story to talk about. This time next year, we're going to be laughing about the lie of COVID-19 and the surge of the body of Christ across this nation and the move and the ushering in of the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the church arise. Shake off complacency. Shake off fear. Shake off doubt. Shake off sickness. Shake off every oppression on the enemy and dance in freedom in the streets shouting, God is on the move. I would love it, actually, if somebody literally did that and was, like, on the Claremont page. River Claremont member dancing on the streets of downtown, shouting, God is on the move. It's weird, Pastor Caleb. I know it's weird, but the Bible says he makes us peculiar. We're peculiar people, amen? All right, get with me in the Word. 
take it back to the word, because everybody can agree with the word. People are like, I don't know about dancing on the streets of Claremont, Pastor Caleb. You ain't seen me. I can't even floss. That's bad if you can't even floss, people. All right. Father, thank you for anointing me to speak your word today. May this be a powerful day in your presence. May people encounter you right now, Lord. Throughout this meeting, may people, uh, any oppressed be set free. May any lie be dispelled. May truth resound in this place. And may faith be birthed and ignited within us to believe God for the supernatural this very week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, Nehemiah 6, 15 through 16, it says, On October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized that this work had to have been done with the help of our God. Signs and wonders exist so that the world stands in awe and realizes that God is on our side. Amen? Signs and wonders are not so we could have powerful meetings in church alone. They're not so that the band could have something to sing about. They are so that the world is brought to a place where they have to make a decision to either believe in God or turn their back on God, but they cannot deny that God is moving. Amen. And we need that in this nation once more. Come on. We need some supernatural signs and wonders. God does it, and there's no way to even begin to talk about the many varieties of what God can do in the miraculous. It's, he's a supernatural God. He can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it. We've seen broken bones healed. We've seen dead people raised back up. We've seen blind eyes open. We've seen deaf ears pop open. We've seen all sorts of miracles. We've seen people get money that just appeared in their pocket. That's a good day, right? How many people would like to have a $10,000 check appear in your pocket right now? Say, God can't do that. Not for you. Because you just cut him off, man. Say, Pastor Caleb, you're just teasing us this morning. No, you got to believe that God can do anything. And one time the Lord actually taught me on a lesson. He had us give a lot of our, uh, all of our money away. And it was <laughs> a lot all. And anyways, the whole premise of it, why the Lord did it, he said to me, he said, Caleb, I'm going to teach you how to believe for more than just your family. And I was like, that means increase. That's how I interpret it. But then the Lord says, give all of your money away. And I was like, that's not increase. That's decrease. <laughs> So now I don't have any money, God. And like, uh, what's the lesson here? <laughs> and uh, so I went to the mailbox every day and I checked for the miracle check because everybody, every preacher I've ever listened to is like, I gave, you know, $1,000 to the prophet and the next day 10000 came in the mail. So I was like looking at the mail every day. I'm just telling you the truth. I even met the mailman. <laughs> it's a true story. I learned a lot about the, the mail service. I didn't know that it's a federal offense to actually like approach a mailman at it. And he was like, back away, sir. And I'm like, no, check for my letter. And I'm like, and I'm like, anyways, it got really awkward. And it was like, I was like, well, whatever, fine. And I walked away and the cops weren't called. So that was a, that's a praise report. But apparently you're not supposed to accost a federal employee and ask them to dig back in their bag one more time. The things you learn. So I never got a check in the mail. But I remember going to the Lord, and I was kind of like, God, there's no check. And the Lord said this to me, and I'll never forget it. Let me give it to you. He said, Caleb, never put me in a box. You want me to give you money, but I can give you food. I can supply every need. I can meet you without ever even giving you a dollar bill because I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Money is a creation of man. And from that... All of our bills were paid. I mean, I remember my wife can testify. We, our, our electric bill, it was already prepaid. Who prepays electric? Nobody prepays electric. Everything. And the Lord supplied everything. It was an absolute miracle. Our food never ran out. Every time we checked the refrigerator, there was a pie in there that never ran dry. It was, <laughs> it was the greatest days of my life. Every time you slice that pie, and you think that I'm making this up or exaggerating, I'm telling you, it was absolutely unexplainable in the natural. The Lord totally provided for us. Then it broke way to an increase in our lives. But the Lord was teaching me a lesson. You always want God to perform a miracle based upon your limited capacity of what God can do. So your idea of a miracle is you give God a plan and tell God to do it. 
That's where the church misses it. It's like, God, I'm going to do this so that you can do that. And God's like, nope, I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. And, and, and tapping into the supernatural is learning that God is God. He's infinite. He's, there is not a limitation in the kingdom of God whatsoever. You don't have to be jealous in the body of Christ. Because if somebody gets blessed, there's more than enough in the kingdom of God for you to be blessed. Amen. But jealousy runs rampant in the church because people are living so much in a finite world that they forget the infinite possibilities of their creator that can do all things and do them all well. Amen? So we're believing for signs and wonders, miracle signs and wonders in your life, in your family's life, in this nation, in the White House, in every house, across the land. May the glory of God shake this place. May the devil be literally crying out as he's whooped once more because the, the church arises in power and victory. Amen? Signs and wonders. But you will never, ever see the miraculous until you're willing to step out into a place where a miracle has to happen. What does that mean? You'll never see Deaf ears here until you actually pray for a deaf ear. You'll never see blind eyes open until you get the guts to go up to them and say, can I pray for you? And you'll never see the dead raised until you're standing in front of a dead body, which is uncomfortable. Just so you know. People are like, I want to see God do this. He can do it. But you better be prepared to step out of your comfort zone from time to time and just say, you know what? I don't know what it's going to look like. And right now is a prime time. It's like, look at this nation right now. There is needs everywhere you look, and God is looking to raise the bride up to meet those needs. Who in here believes that the Lord can use you? Okay. All right, I'm moving on. Let me just try and move on. Psalm 91, uh, I've been alluding to this this whole time, but I felt to read it in its entirety today because this, there, no, ne never has there been a time in your life that Psalm 91 is more applicable than right now. Amen. Who in here has been reading Psalm 91, stirring it in your spirit? Absolutely. The rest of you, where have you been? <laughs> it's like, Pastor Caleb, I can't afford a Bible. We will give you a Bible. Amen? Psalm 91, you need to get in the Word. It says that those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Stop right there one second. The Bible says those who live in the shelter. Live in the shelter. Not occasionally visit the things of God. Not, I went to church on Sunday, and so I'm in the most high. It's those that live. The Bible says, in him we live and move and have our being. It's where we lean our entire personality, our entire destiny, our entire talents, our skills, our wealth, all that we are, and we place it in the hands of the Lord. Amen. For my life is hidden in Christ Jesus, Paul said. Amen. That's where you want to be. In the shadow of the Almighty. In the shelter of the, the most high. He is your king. He is your Lord. You are of his kingdom. Not, you're not just an American citizen. You are a heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm in this nation, but I'm actually from another nation with another set of rules and another king and another kingdom. And provision provides from there. I don't have to worry. I am not struggling in this nation to provide for me because my support comes from on high. Amen. amen. Who believes that? Hallelujah. Say Amen. Real quick, who in here has ever had a miracle financially in your life where it's like the Lord provided miraculously for you? Raise your hands. Come on. Look around the place. I encourage people right now. If you need something financially, just get ready. This week, may the Lord do it. Amen. Say, so why would God do that? Because he's good. Because he's good. You know, it doesn't get more complex than this. People are like, explain to me the reality of the spirit world. Okay. God is good. The devil is bad. If it's bad, it's from hell. If it's good, it's from heaven. You got it? Amen. Oral Roberts built his ministry on that revelation. He went around the world because he was like, the Lord is good. And people are like, he is? <laughs> My God, what was the nation like at that time? Yes, he's good. He's a good, 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 good God. Hey. Daily he loads us with benefits. I rise up in the morning and I don't worry about anything because God is on my side. And when I do worry, I rebuke myself. Or my wife rebukes me. Or my kids rebuke me. Or Pastor Jeff rebukes me. But at the end of the day, I get rebuked and not God. Amen? You got to remind yourself of just the goodness of the Lord. 
And every time you feel heavy, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I didn't do this in the first service, but I feel this. Listen, there is one clear tool given to the church for the spirit of heaviness, and that is the garment of praise. And you have got to train yourself that if it seems impossible, difficult, or oppressive, that you've got to open your mouth and let praise resound from your mouth until you break that heaviness off. Come on, somebody. Let's do that right now. Let's stand to our feet and let's just open our mouth and praise to the Lord. Come on. Give a shout out to the Lord. Father, we praise you. We praise you. We glorify your name. You're a good God, a mighty God, a victorious God, an awesome God. We praise you for your plan for this nation. We plan you for this move that is coming. We praise you for the breakthrough. God, I'm on my Monday. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, praise him, praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all the darkness over this land. We break in its power. We pray a move of the glory of God. We thank you for it. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. We glorify your name. We lift you on high. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can have a seat now. Verse 2, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Let's read that one one more time. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Amen. Somebody shout amen. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side and though ten thousand are dying around you, those evils will not touch you. They will not touch you. Amen. They won't touch your family. They won't touch your kids. They won't touch your life in the name of Jesus. If it's tried to touch your life, remind the devil of this word and say, you are illegally operating and I call you to the table. I'm sending you home to quarantine yourself for two weeks because you have touched the Lord's anointed, and I rebuke you. Hey! Jesus, I felt that right there. People say, what do we do when symptoms come? You bind those symptoms and you thank the Lord. Amen? I mean, uh, I'm going to keep reading this, but there was a time when I went to Bible school, I got sicker than sick. I mean... My sinuses, this is the first time I ever lived in Florida, and I didn't know about Florida's weather changes. I mean, my nose was packed, my head's pounding, throbbing, and it went on for weeks. I couldn't get relief. And every night I laid down in my bed and I said, Lord, I thank you that as I sleep tonight, I will wake up healed tomorrow. And one night I'm praying that, and the Lord rebukes me. He says, Caleb, why do you always put faith in tomorrow? And I'll never forget that moment. I thought, oh my gosh. He's like, why don't you believe that I can heal you right now and you can go to sleep feeling good? It's like sometimes when the Lord speaks, you're like, ouch. Like, okay. And I'll never forget. I grabbed my own face just like this. And I was like, Lord, I thank you. And before I could even say anything, I felt all the pressure pull out of me, totally healed by the power of God. Went to bed feeling spectacular and never got sick again the rest of that year. Somebody say Amen. You got symptoms, praise the Lord for them symptoms being broken off of your life. Don't worry about it, the devil's a liar. Say it with me, say the devil's a liar. It's a lie. Say I don't feel good. It's a lie. But that doesn't mean ignore things in your body. If you don't feel good, you get yourself built back up, drink, build your immune system, but also praise the Lord and flow in the supernatural and believe God for miracles. Amen. But some people in the church, they're dying, and they never even tell anybody they're sick. Every day, I'll thank the Lord, I feel great, and then they're just dead one day. And you're like, why didn't you tell anybody you were sick? Because faith is not denying things going on. Faith is adhering truth over facts. 
Faith is saying, there is something coming against my body, but the truth is God is my healer. And I'm going to go to the church. I'm going to confess my sins, and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. I'm going to have the pastors lay hands on me. I'm going to lay hands on me. My kids are going to lay hands on me. My dog's going to lay hands on me. Everybody around me full of faith is going to lay hands on me. And I'm going to get the victory because God is on my side, and I rejoice, and I'm glad. Amen. Break the power of death off of your life. So these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. What does that mean? It's not talking about going to Africa and literally finding a, a, a lion and going and kicking him in the face. Although that would be a super cool story <laughs> if you lived. <laughs> the Bible, when it speaks about Satan, it says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And it says he's like a serpent, a cunning serpent. And the Bible is telling you that you have authority over the enemy, that just as Jesus crushed his head, so you have the authority to crush the enemy's head in your life. Amen? Stand upon that. Believe that. Come on, anytime the devil tries to stick his head in there, you just crush him under your feet and remind him of his place. You're beaten, you're beneath me, and get out of my life, get out of my house, get off of my body, get off of my money, get off of my finances, get out of my mind. I bind you in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you got to understand, strongholds come in the mind. And so people that want a victory in their life, it starts with your thoughts. And you got to begin to, like every time a contrary thought from the enemy comes, fear comes, doubt comes plagues, whatever, worry, lust comes. you got to bind that. Say, I do not, and that is not my thought. I have the mind of Christ Jesus. I pull my thoughts into submission to the word of God right now. I'll think like God. I'll walk like God. I'll act like God, and I'll have what God says. I will not be led astray, and I will not let this thing become a stronghold in my life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Think people just wind up divorcing their spouse one day? No, they start thinking about it, and then feeding it, and then watering it, and then watering it, and then feeding it, and then one day... Ten years later, five years later, six months later, I'm done. I'm just over it. Yeah, you've been watering that devil in your mind instead of binding it and say, no, I, I pledged before God that I would be with this person until the Lord takes us home. So I'm in it to win it. Amen. And it's as sweet as I make it, so I'm going to make it sweet and not sour. Amen. I'll be hitting all sorts of things that I didn't hit in the night. Those thoughts come in. Everybody, let me, let me tell you, it doesn't matter how big of a person is in the ministry, how much, do you think the thoughts don't come in their mind that are contrary to the word of God? Yeah. As my father-in-law said, it's like a bird flying over, but just because a bird flies over doesn't mean you need to make a nest. Yeah. Just because the enemy comes with some crazy thought doesn't mean you're like, oh, let me entertain that a while. Let me make it a home. Let me feed it. Let me provide for it. Say, so that's a stupid thought. I bind you, devil. Who in here does that? Like, who in here does that probably daily? You know what I'm saying? You're like, what a dumb, I bind that thought. Where did that come? Hell, that's where that came from. <laughs> Absolutely. Be like, no. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Thoughts come, but don't, don't let them hang out. Just cast them out. Then begin to think on thoughts that are pure, that are holy, that are, that are right before the Lord. And then peace will fill your heart. And then you're going to walk through life and you're going to be happy. I mean, miserable people get miserable because it starts up here. Free people, freedom starts up here too. And you walk in that freedom and the devil tries to do something and you're like, <laughs> are you an idiot or what? Like, did you, just, did you just try to do, oh, my dad is about to get you. Come on, somebody. Do you have that childlike faith? It's like a symptom comes in your body and you're like, <laughs> I'm not even Googling what COVID is. I'm behind that devil right now. I'm fine. I'm well, you know. Not that I've had a symptom, but I'm just saying, you know. I've talked to people and they're like, man, the other day I started sneezing and I, I fought to Google what COVID does. It was like spelling it out, C-O-V. And then I went E-R-E-D-B-Y-B-L-O-O-D, covered by the blood. I'm fine. Amen. Every symptom goes. (laughs) 
Our God is a supernatural God. He's big. He's mighty. The devil is terrified of him. The devil, the kingdom of darkness, shakes in their boots at the bride of Christ Jesus because everywhere we'd step in, he loses his power. He loses his authority. He is stripped of all authority the moment the bride arises. And that's what's happening right now. The devil is extending his hand, but the church is saying, not on our watch, not in our land, not in our city, not in our church, not in my house. No, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Stir it up, somebody. Expect the unexpected. Expect a miracle. And God is on your side. Romans 10, 13 through 15. And I really need to hit this because this is super important, guys. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. I want to I draw your attention to something right now. And I'm just, just talking this morning. I really felt just to pour, just almost not even preach. But if you look at this nation right now, over the last few months with so many churches closing their doors, and, and I know they went online, and I know the word is still getting out and all of these things. But look at, you can correlate, I believe, the increase of anarchy, lawlessness, just craziness coming right on the cuff. Because when the gospel gets snuffed out, the enemy gets to have his way. I knocked on a door one time in Tampa, Florida, and I looked at the person and I said, I want to tell you something. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And right now, if you choose, God will come into your life and you'll never be the same again. Person started crying and their arm relaxes and a gun was in their hand. And he said, it's a guy. And he said, man, I, my wife, I just found out my wife was cheating on me. I was running out the door, literally up the road to, to go shoot her and the guy she's with. And I was going to kill myself. And he said, and then he just started crying. He dropped the gun. And I literally don't even know the dude. And I'm hugging him. And he's just weeping and weeping and weeping right in my arms. And I was like, no, God has a plan for your life. It is not a mistake that I knocked on your door right now, right as you're leaving. That's how much God loves you. That's how much he's on your side. And man, he started going to our church. It was awesome. This is the God that we serve. Amen. He cares. And the gospel has power to break the lies of hell. It needs to be proclaimed. And I want to tell you, this past week, I have felt like I was wrestling a bear. And I've reached out to Joe a couple times and just talked to him about how, I mean, this whole season, it's like I go from feeling victory and stirring myself to, to like a heaviness, like a burden. And I'm like crying, and the church is growing. We're doing great. It's like everything's good, but then you're looking at the nation, and you're like, but my heart is broken for the leaders of this nation. My heart is broken for the people, the, the flock that, that are sitting there. Who knows? It's been months since they've heard the word preach. Hell's breaking loose in their life, and it's like we're in a battle. Do you feel that? And I want to encourage those of you watching online, and I know that many of you can't come. But now is not the time to draw back or to get lukewarm. It's not the time to pull away. It's a time to intensify and truly seek the Lord and worship Him with all your heart and let your living room be filled with the anointing of God and press in and just begin to bind the devil across this nation and begin to pray for the leaders, those that God has given the assignment to this nation to proclaim the gospel. Pray for them. Are you with me right now? Because if the gospel gets silenced out, hell will have its way. But if the gospel gets proclaimed, the devil will lose his power and he, we will take the territory back. Amen? But it's a battle. It is a battle. And I don't feel it every day, but some days I just wake up and I'm broken because it's like we're experiencing a surge of growth. But the reason we're experiencing a surge of growth, I'm like, God, is because churches have shut their doors. That's not ever how I want it to grow. I want every church in this nation open. I want people shaking hands. I want... People running. I want, I want rallies for Christ. I want, come on, protests for Jesus. I want voices shouting hallelujah. I want to drive down the road and see a thousand people in a parking lot just shouting the name of Jesus. I want to see crowds. Come on. I want to see it, man. And, and it's like you feel this struggle. And you're like, Father, bind the devil. 
Every lie, every fear, every junk that the enemy is trying to stop the church right now. We pray that the hand of God would just breathe, move it away. A prophet was saying the other day uh, uh, with Jonathan Shuttlesworth, he said he had a dream. Not Jonathan, but a guy in his ministry. And in the dream, he saw a dark cloud over America. And the church began to pray. And he watched the hand of God just come and push the cloud away. And the sun began to shine. And I'm telling you, that's where we're at right now. But it is not a time to get complacent. It is a time to suit up for war. It's a time to say, I will not draw back and I will not be lukewarm. If there was ever a time in my life I played with the things of God, I cast it aside now and I'm running with full passion after Jesus. Because I know every voice matters right now. It's a time to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Amen. It's a time to read an article about destruction and speak blessing, life, and a breakthrough and a move of God. It's a time to pray every rat, every liar, every demonic person that has been placed to create an agenda from hell be exposed, be silenced, be brought to nothing, and may the gospel resound, and may signs and wonders shake this nation where they have to report about what God is doing in the land. With God, do you have that fire in you? You got that fire in you? You don't have that fire in you. I pray that God lights that fire in you. Your pilot light went out in 1983, but God has given you a new one today. You've been full of gas ever since that day, but God's going to give you a fire so that the gas has a purpose. Amen. Say, so I can't believe he just said that. I can't either, but I went with it. Seriously, I just want you to know. You have never heard me ever. I've never said something bad about churches. And I recognize everybody's job. And I honor the body of Christ. But my heart is grieved. And it is at a place now where I'm like, I do not understand, God, how so many of them are not stepping up right now. And I'm praying fervently for them. Lord, encourage them. Give them the boldness. And let them step out. And may Psalm 91 be shown to this world that those that gather in the name of the Almighty... That sickness and disease is driven from our midst. That lack is broken off of our lives. And the anointing destroys every yoke of bondage. Amen. Amen? Are you with me right now? Has anybody found yourselves crying out for the bride and crying out for the church? The leaders mattered. God, God has given people a message. And those messages need to be proclaimed right now. And it has been a tough time. But like I said, we don't, even in this church, we don't need hundreds of people here like we're, we're, we have every week. We need thousands of people in this church. And across this nation, we don't need a thousand people under a bridge worshiping. We need millions under a bridge worshiping. You say, that's crazy talk. No, it's not. It's a move of God talk. And that's what I want to see. Are you with me? I mean, am I the only one that actually has a desire to be in a crowd right now? You know what I'm saying? Like you want that feeling of some stranger bumping up against you. And you're like, thank you, Jesus. I don't know you. You even smell bad. This is awesome. Like that's, you have that desire. Why do you have that desire? Because you're, you, you're made for community. You're made for that. And the enemy wants to break that. He wants to shut that off. He wants to get people pulled astray and led aside. Just like, like, like a gazelle. The gazelle that gets separated from the herd, that's the one that gets eaten. So if you're a gazelle, be in the middle of the pack right now. These guys right here are the safest in the room. Steve way back in there in the back. We just got to pray for Steve because, I mean, he is a target right now. You want to be right up in the center of it, amen? So that if eight other gazelles trip, you're still okay. I'm nestled in the center of the pack. Don't let the devil alienate you and pull you aside in your own thoughts and in your own minds where you get to feed it before he even won. Stand. Surround yourself with people of faith. Get around people full of the things of God, amen? And, and stay in that place. We are at a place, and I want you to know this, that literally there are people that feel they are doing God a service to pray that sickness would break out in the church to teach us a lesson. I even heard specifically in Lakeland, Florida, of a man that was tested positive for COVID-19, specifically went to church and tried to spread it as much as he could because he wanted to see the church shut down. He hates God, and he hates the church. That's where we're at right now. That's why I said, you better pray. Pray for this church. Pray for us. Pray for our, You think that every day is hunky-dory. We're standing here fighting. And we're taking a stand. And when you take a stand, you make yourself a target. 
And so that's the time for the church to cover every man of God that's willing to stand and say, devil, you won't touch a single hair on their head. You won't touch their children. You won't touch their wives. You won't touch that church. Everybody that walks in that building, the glory of the Lord will be upon them and they will be safe and sound. And every lie of hell will be dispelled across this nation. Amen. Are you with me? Am I talking crazy or you're like, we're with you. We're with you, Pastor Caleb. Let's be there for one another. It's a time to cover the body of Christ. It's a time to speak life. It's a time to ask God fervently for a move of God and then stand your ground and then cover those that are willing to take a stand and say, God, be with them. Even if I don't know them well, even if I don't know a lot about them, if they're willing to take a stand for Jesus, may the glory of God be upon them. Father, may they abide under the shadow of the Almighty where no evil can come near them. Are you with me? Shout amen. Amen. Just before service, a friend of mine texted me that's friends with Sean Foyt, and he said that the Lord spoke to Sean, he wants to come to Orlando, and wants to know if we want to be a part of it. I was like, bro, 127%. We'll gather as many people as we can at whatever field, whatever bridge, and we're going to shout glory, hallelujah, until the walls come down and Jericho falls into the hand of the Lord. Amen. We need millions across this nation. It's like the silent majority they keep talking about. May the silent majority be silent no more. Yes. And may those that know their God display his name and his power and signs and wonders across this nation. Yes. Amen. Amen. Mark 16, 15. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. And everyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast demons out in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. The church is here for such a time as this. When, it, when hell is outside, it's the time for the church to really arise. We were made for this. Come on, somebody. All those Bible school classes you sat under, all those Sunday school lessons as a kid where you were singing songs about Jesus, every time you read the word and cried in your living room, every time you've had hands laid upon you, every prophetic word, every spoken over you is all because God ordained for you to be here on the earth right now to be the one to take a stand against the enemy and say, no, 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 no. The kingdom will arise. This is the time. And how does God do it? Through signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Something so unexplainable, it makes people wonder. Maybe I've been going through life wrong. Maybe I've been blinded. Maybe I didn't see the truth. Maybe there's something to this Jesus character because everybody I'm meeting that claims to know him is walking through life in a totally different way than I've ever seen anybody walk through life. They're walking in health. They're walking in power. They're walking with joy. When everybody's worried, they're laughing. Come on. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Signs and wonders. And I felt to encourage you as as I was prepping for today, the Lord reminded me. And I I did it with the 9 o'clock. I'm going to take you on a a little story. In in 2009, I graduated from Oral Roberts University. I graduated with a business degree. And I thought at the time that I was going to work in London and and, and, and do finance and and import-export business. And fund the end time harvest. I always said amen when people were like, who's going to fund the end time harvest? I always said me, because I was like, that means I'm the one with the money. <laughs> you know, it's okay. You can laugh. You know, like, no, poverty is holy. No, it's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's a struggle. And God yeah. d- designed for you to be blessed. Amen. amen. So I was like, Lord, if you prosper me, my, my heart is for the church. And I will give to the body of Christ. And I will give to evangelists. I will support missionaries. So that's my plan. But then I'm going to fill out my application and the Lord tells me, do not put out an application. It was actually so intense because to graduate business school, they want you to send an application. And I had to tell my dean that I will not send an application out because the Lord spoke to me to not. And he said, what do you mean the Lord spoke to you? And they were faith people. It's Oral Roberts. And I said, I don't know. I feel like the Lord has something different for me than what I can see right now. And he said, all right, I'll allow it. But just so you know, we typically don't graduate someone until they have placed uh, applications because it matters for business school to see kids Get, get jobs, so that's placement matters. So anyways, I'm serving the Lord, but 
don't know what's going on in my life. I went on this mancation, and we get a call from my father-in-law, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, that says, I'm going to go to Africa for Days of Glory, and I want you to be a part of it and teach the soul winning classes. And I knew in my spirit it was the Lord. So I said, okay. And he said, well, in two days, I need you in Tampa. Well, I like now I'm on a mancation. I have to pack up, get back home, rent a Penske truck, load up our entire house with a three-week-old baby, and drive to Tampa in 24 hours. It was like the next few days. We even had to get rid of our dog, Beatrix, which was really sad. A little sweet Beatrix. She's a little pug dog. Lord, wherever Beatrix is, may she be blessed today. <laughs> we had nowhere to bring Beatrix to. She was cute. She was actually, she was actually trained in a, a kitty litter box, just like a cat. <laughs> little Beatrix went to a litter box, and she was like... We were all like, these details don't matter, but it makes the story interesting. <laughs> we get to Tampa. Long story short, we wind up getting to, to, to Africa. And thus begins this, this incredible time where we land in South Africa. We're doing meetings, and then we get to East London where we're going to do 12 days live across the nation on TV in Africa, believing God for a revival to break loose. And revival did break loose, supernaturally, but we went from 12 days to 50 solid days of meetings. And I don't know if you've ever been in 50 solid days of meetings, but life just gets totally transformed when every day you're in church for 50 days, you don't even remember what life was like before. <laughs> and so here we are, we're running this thing, and it's epic what's going on. And my job is to train people for soul winning. So every day I'm training people for soul winning, and every day we're going out on the streets, and we begin you know, starting to see just crazy stuff happening on the streets. People, you know, breaking down, crying, people being touched by the Lord. And then this whole, at the same time, the hospitals were packed out because all the doctors in South Africa were on strike. So they come to me and they say, look, the hospitals are overflowing with people right now. There's not a doctor that's willing to see anybody. They're all on strike across the entire nation. So I was like, well, let's explore it. And I took a team to the hospital that day to go soul winning. And we walked into the hospital, and the waiting room was maybe half the size of this place, and it was literally slam full of people. You could not even hardly walk into the room. Chairs weren't available. People were everywhere, coughing. I mean, it smelled in there, and it was like a total of the temperature was hot because there's so many bodies in there. And uh, I walk into the place, and a woman, and I don't know why she did this, if she just thought I was a doctor or what happened, a woman turned and she had a little baby in her hands. And the baby had a rash all over its body. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was contagious or what. I have no idea. And she literally puts the baby right in my hands. Doesn't know me. I don't know her. Not even a word. Just gives me her baby. And then she's just crying, just weeping. And I remember looking at the baby. And as soon as the baby was put in my hands, the baby was boiling hot. I mean, I thought, this is the, the highest fever I've ever felt. This kid, is, this kid is gone. And... I remember in that moment, I didn't have words. I didn't know what to pray. Uh, and I didn't know what was even wrong with the kid, a little baby. And I just remember just thanking the Lord and praying in tongues and then just speaking, Father, I just thank you that this child is. And as soon as I said, I thank you that this child, I watched. It was like a vacuum cleaner hooked to the toes of this baby. And it just began to pull. The, I watched the rash like pull out like it was liquid right from the kid, right out the toe. And then the temperature was totally fine. As soon as that rash was gone, the baby was fine. Temperature was perfectly normal. The mom sees it happen, and she just starts praising God. I mean, she grabs her kid, and she's shouting, glory, hallelujah. I jump up on a chair, and I just start preaching this packed-out thing. And I'm like, the same God that healed that baby can heal you right now all across this room. Father, we thank you for your presence. I lead them all in the salvation prayer. Jesus, come in my heart. And we're preaching the gospel, and I jump down from the chair and there's a guy standing there with his leg broken. He's got a crutch. And you can see the bone is broken. and st It's not sticking out of the skin, but it's sticking where bones don't stick. And before I could even pray for the dude, the guy, guy with me and the team runs and grabs his leg and prays. And literally we watch the bone go snap right back in place. Dude takes the, the crutch and just throws it. And he's like, that was awesome. Just like that. Another old guy comes. Old guy comes and he's like, pray for me. I, 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 I'm starting to lose sight in my eyes and stuff. I pray for this guy's eyes. Then this guy says, will you come with me to the nursing home? And that's a total stranger. I wound up getting in a taxi, driving to a nursing home with this guy that just got healed in the hospital. 
He walks me into a nursing home because I'm with him. He was popular. They, the nurses let me in. I'm walking in the nursing home, and he's taking me room to room. Margaret here can't raise her hands. I'm like, Margaret, be healed in the name of Jesus. She raises her hand. She runs over to Jenny. Jenny, this guy just prayed for me. He's going to pray for you. And I went through the whole nursing home, and everywhere I was, miracles were popping just like that. Guys, in the midst of all of this, as this is happening, we saw so many miracles. It was literally ridiculous. It was book of Acts. We had guys walking into funerals. And, shout, and leading the whole place to the Lord and trying to speak to a casket to come out. None of them came out, but if they had, you can imagine what happened. But still, everybody was getting saved. The, 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 the schools began to open their doors. And we were in all the schools preaching the gospel. Then we get a call, will you come to a prison? And I said, I'll go to a prison. So we walk in the prison. The director's explaining to me that, they've, they've, that it's been violent, that it's been the worst ever. And so they literally escort me with fully automatic guns. Whole guards with fully automatic guns and take me to this little chapel room. And they're like, you have 30 minutes. You can't touch any of these people. And you go for it. Dude gets up and preaches for 25 minutes in the group from the church we were with. The lamest preaching message you ever heard. Just like treated these guys like they were little babies. You know, Jesus loves you exactly as you are. Like this whole baby talk. And nothing happened. Then he gave me the microphone. And in five minutes, I remember I grabbed the microphone and I stood up there and I said, if you are out there and you need a touch from God right now, I want you to lift your hands. And as I do, the fire of God's going to fall in this place. And I'm talking, every, every prisoner lifted their hands. It was, like, it was like a napalm bomb went off. People were falling, rolling, crying, laughing, giggling. The, the police, the guys, with the, they turned to face me because they were like, what is happening right now? So they're like now facing me with fully automatic guns. And then they were like, you just pray for them. Forget about the time. So then they spread my way, and I just went through there, and I'm in the middle of the prison. I mean, do you think about how stupid this is? They're like, it's weird. We've got a lot of violence. A lot of people getting murdered, shanked in here, and I'm in a crowd, climbing over bodies. Fire, fire. And they're just crying out to the Lord. It shook that prison. It changed the city. So that the director said, will you come to every prison across the eastern Cape of South Africa? I will get you in every one. I went to nine prisons in the 50 days that I was there. And in every one, the Lord moved powerfully like that. It was like supernatural. My wife can testify. Literally, miracles were happening daily. You couldn't go anywhere without a miracle happening. And because it was broadcast live on the television, everybody in the nation was watching it. So you would go into the mall, and the leader, the person working at Smoothie King, uh, she, was, she was the manager of Smoothie King. I walk in. She goes, Caleb, I'm watching every night. I know what God is doing. I'm so excited. She pulls out names of people that she prayed with and led to the Lord at the Smoothie King in the mall. It was like, pray for these people. I led them to the Lord. I got 10 today, and I'm believing for 20. It's a revival. And so then she's like, pray for me. And so I, this is Smoothie King. I'm a, grab her hand. Father, I thank you. Boom. She falls under the counter. So I'm on this side, and she's just laid out over there. People are in line. Another worker's there, and he's like, what was it you wanted? I'm like, I want the orange Julius. You know what? I, and you're just standing there, and she's like, Jesus. And you're like, so anyways, how are you doing today? That's what we experienced. We went on the streets, and everywhere you go, people are, people are coming up to you. Miracles are happening. Guy comes up to us. There's 65% unemployment. He recognizes us as we're leading people to the Lord, comes to me and says, will you pray for me? I need a job for my family. I'm in dire straits. So I, I've always been taught, if you, you always pray the word. So I'm like, Father, I thank you that your word declares you have given him the power to create wealth, that he's the head and not the tail. He's above and not beneath. And Lord, you would provide for him right now. As I'm praying, a guy stops in a business suit and turns and says, I couldn't help but hear your prayer. I'm hiring right now. Can you do this? And the guy was like, I can do it. And he said, all right, you're hired. And they walked off together just like that. <laughs> How many people think that's the best job interview you're ever going to get? I need a job. Lord, provide him. Okay, yep, that was easy. All right, see you guys. 65% unemployment doesn't apply to a person that goes to God because God is a miracle-working Lord. That's the God we serve. It was supernatural. Everywhere we went in Africa, it was like miracles were happening all around the place. I fly back into America, and I stand to preach in Sunday morning, and the Lord said to me, he said, Caleb, I gave you a glimpse in Africa of what is going to come to America. 
me tell you, I prophesy that the same move of God that we experienced there is about to break loose across this nation. It'll not be contained by one ministry or two ministries or three, but multitudes of ministers of the gospel taking a stand for the, for the things of God. And miracles are going to break out. Jeez, you got to get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. It's time. It's time, church. Supernatural signs and wonders. We exist to show this generation that God does not lie. It begins, though, with a deep internal work of us crying out to the Lord to do a work in us and burn out all the junk that needs to be burned out so that we could be carriers of his presence. That's what we've been doing for the past month, if you've noticed been leading up to our prophetic weekend that I feel is going to be very instrumental in the God's plan for this region, that something's going to happen this Friday night that is going to break loose things even greater. But for the past month, it's like weekend after week out, God has been doing a deeper work and a deeper work and a deeper work in people, breaking down. It's like the, it's like the, the, the Shrek talk. You're like an onion. He's breaking down the layers of your onion, getting to your core, working things out, getting you prepared to be a vessel that God can use to do things supernaturally. And I'm telling you, it's not like we've been taught. I've known this for a while. That I remember one time in, I was preaching in Washington State. And I had this dream that totally shook me. And I woke up and, and, and the Lord said to me, he said, Caleb, don't, don't talk about or preach about the next season to come. Because you're in the final season. And... Uh, he says, it's just beginning. And the Lord said, Caleb, just as when seasons change in the natural, there's a time period where what you wore and the season before, you're going to wear back and forth as you move into the next season. But when you get fully into the season, the things you wore and the things you did in the season before, you will not do in this season. And, he said, and the Lord said, so it will be with my church and my move. That things that the church has done for a while will not be a, something that is carried over into this new season, but I will do a new thing in that season. And I feel like that new thing is very much, and I've always thought this, that it is a move of the ch people of the church, the pew people, it's the, the people, every, every one of us, which I am included in the pew because I sit in church when I'm not preaching. Yeah. Amen. So I'm talking the bride, it's just the people of God. And it's like God is looking to awaken an army that is just full of faith and full of wonder and stepping out of these doors and just creating havoc for the devil everywhere we go. Because I've seen the miraculous and I've seen it in Africa go to a good level. But in America, you better believe that every single day in America, God is doing miracles. God is, it's not like God has not been doing it. The blind eyes have been popping open in this nation for 200 plus years. De deaf ears have been popping open. God's been moving across this nation. But there's a constriction from the enemy to silence what God has been doing and to make it be brushed aside and covered up so that it's not boasted about, not talked about. But I believe what my, my evangelist friend saw with that dark cloud being moved is a dark cloud trying to hide everything God has been doing and it's about to break loose so that the, the signs and wonders of the church are going to another level. Who believes it and who wants to be a part of it? Jesus. You say, well, what do I got to do to do it? All you got to do is basically be a childlike faith. To see a sick person healed, the Bible says lay hands on them and pray. That's it. See blind eyes open, you just got to say open. Everybody say open. See you are well equipped right now. See deaf ears here, it's the same thing. Open. There you go. You're well equipped right now. To see dead people raised back to life, you just shout live. Amen. Say live. Yeah. Say, Pastor Caleb, I feel like you're going too far right now. No, man, we're not. We were on the cuff. And, and to fight for the supernatural means you're going to be picked on. You're going to be mocked. People of a natural mind will always look at the church with faith and call us idiots. But it doesn't matter if God is on your side and the supernatural is happening. You've got to stand your ground. And right now, I believe that is, that's what's happening. There's a sifting going on in this nation. And God is looking for the bride that will not be ashamed. The Bible, Paul said, don't be ashamed about me even though I'm in prison. Because I preached the gospel and that's how I got there. Yeah. Romans says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And I'm not ashamed to be called a Jesus freak. I'm not ashamed to be called a wild one. Because you weren't there the day that he saved me. You don't know. I wouldn't be here right now. You kidding me?
The devil had my number. I was going straight to hell. And I would be dead today if God did not intervene in my life. And he did that because he's a good God. And before I even knew what love was, he chose to love me. In the midst of my pain, in the midst of my anger, in the midst of my darkness and all my perversion, God looked through that and said, that's a son than whom I'm well pleased. That's a child that I'm calling out of darkness into light. And he did the same with you. And never forget that. Don't let the world cause you to pull back your passion for Jesus because you're ashamed of what people might think about you. Love him with all your heart. Be bold about him. Amen. Never let some, just as you would never let someone come and start beating or mocking your spouse and calling them a goofball and an ugly person, you'd fight and be like, don't talk about my loved one. Do the same for Jesus right now. Don't talk about my Jesus. He's sweeter than sweet. He's greater than great. He's bigger than big. He's mightier than mighty. He's more lovely than, than a thousand upon thousands, as we just sang. And it's time for the church to arise. And I'll, I'll close with this final testimony because we've had so many people join the church that you don't know this, and then we're going to pray. But in Africa, the most personal testimony of our lives happened, and that is that our, our little daughter that was two, two three months old, uh, Kirsten was walking out of the church service and tripped and fell. And little Ellie, which you've met Ellie, she's the very obnoxious one that runs around. <laughs> it's always selling something to you, and somehow another gets... Every Sunday, she's $20 richer than she was the last. And I don't know if I should encourage it or be ashamed of it, but I've decided, you know what? She's just an entrepreneur. I'm going to let that blossom. Amen. And I pray that she did not extort anything from anybody here. So I did wind up spending $25 on a colored paint painting, but okay. But uh, Kirsten tripped, and she fell off Kirsten's shoulder and hit her head on this solid wood floor. And it sounded like a watermelon cracked open. You could, you could actually audibly hear her head crack. And little baby, two, three months old, Kirsten snatches her up and runs out the building. And it's not something you're prepared for in life. There's not a guidebook that tells you this is what you do in this moment. I was overwhelmed. I was in the middle of a church service. It was just starting. Baby's head falls. Kirsten's running out with her. And I know that I have to go do the things that I do every service. So I walk up to the front and I sit down and service is going on. And I hear the Lord say to me, Caleb, do you trust me with your family? And I said, God, I trust you with my family. And then a second time, Caleb, do you trust me with your family? I said, God, I trust you with my family. Third time, Caleb, do you trust me with your family? I said, God, I trust you with my family. What is going on? He said, right now your baby's head is swelling up and the devil has lied to your wife saying that it was her fault. And when I heard that, as soon as I heard that in my spirit, a lady grabbed my arm and said, you have got to come immediately with me quickly. Your baby, your wife needs you. So I get up, I leave the service, I walk to the back room, I go up to Kirsten. She's holding Ellie in her hands and I look down at Ellie and out of her head was growing this big bloody lump of just blood just pulling around her head. And her eyes were open, but they were rolled in the back of her head. She's just whites looking at you. Here's your little kid, limp in your wife's hands, big old huge knot growing on her head, eyes rolled in the back of her head, shallow breathing, and the doctors are on strike. What are you going to do? And I remember just putting my hand over it, and the lump was so big, it literally filled my hand. So you think about the size of that for a little baby. I put my hand there, and I just began to speak, Lord, I thank you for healing for Ellie, that there will be no side effects from this. She will not have any brain damage. She'll be smart and sharp all the days of her life, and, and nothing can cut her life short. And I looked at Kirsten, and I said, babe, it's a lie from the pit of hell. It's not your fault. You just tripped and fell, and it's okay. And as soon as I said that, I, Ellie giggled, and I looked down, and I lifted my hand. The knot was totally gone. Her eyes were looking up at me, and she was just totally bright-eyed, perfectly fine. Just like that. And so, you know, I can't tell you how many times that has meant something to me. That as I think about that, especially in circumstances like this, and if you don't have a moment in your life where something like that you can always chart and say, man, you don't understand, I will never lose my faith. Because that is unexplainable, that is not natural, that is supernatural. And that is God showing that He cares. And he loves you. And even when you're ill-prepared, even when your 
distracted. God is watching over you and looking out for those that love him. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, even half of what God has in store for those who love him. And that's you. And that's me. As you go today, you're going in the goodness of God. And that presence follows you home. Your household is blessed. The devil's agenda stops on your property line. He cannot pass. He will not pass. Your children, your loved ones, in the midst of this, someone you, you're fighting for their life right now, you just claim Psalm 91 over their life too. Because if God is for you, God is for them through you. And you intercede. You look at the bride of Christ right now, the church. This is not the time to be critical. This is not the time to make fun of people. This is the time to go before our knees and ask the God above, Father, breathe upon your church. Let her arise. Let her shine. And may her voice be heard. Father, we pray for signs and wonders, not because we're trying to build a ministry. We don't care if anybody, like we sing that song, I could die and be forgotten as long as he gets the glory. I'm not trying to build my own kingdom, and I'm not trying to make my name famous. I want to make his name famous. And I want Jesus to be recognized. And that's one thing I, I learned when, in South Africa. All of these things happening, the miracles popping everywhere, you learn so quickly, none of this is because of me. I can't make this happen. This is God making this happen. And the enemy is about to discover in this nation a God that just breathes upon this land. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.